This is Inspector Toolbelt Talk. Welcome back to Inspector Toolbelt Talk. And we have on again, beyond beyond wild times out there right now with uh, what's going on, huh? I tell you, you know, sometimes you feel like nothing's happening and other times it's just like you can't get enough of all the headlines coming out of the real estate industry. Oh, I know. I mean, just, uh, what was it, a week or two ago, we had Nick Ramico and Nathan on to do that whole big blow up in the home inspection industry with report host and Spectora and comments, and that's still ongoing. Right. But now we had a previous podcast about the lawsuit against NAR, and I have to say, I did not think they would lose or lose that quickly, and they lost, and they lost fast, according to this jury. So if we're listening to this, we've probably either talked about it, but if you haven't talked about it or thought about it, you really should, because this is going to, one way or another, shake up not only the real estate industry, but our industry. NAR, National Association of Realtors, and Anywhere, I believe it was, was the other company. They uh, they lost too, right? Well, no, Anywhere and uh, Remax were the two that settled. Two that settled, okay. Yeah, so they, they're out of this judgment, but um, there's, there's a bunch of, yeah, NAR and a, a few others. But NAR's the one that we care about. That That's the big dog, yeah. Yeah, National Association of Realtors, and um, man, $1.8 billion. Right. As Nick Romico said, there are 1,000 millions in a billion. Yeah, and and I guess under antitrust law, which I wasn't familiar with, when there's a judgment, it's automatically like a 3x on the judgment amount. So really, I guess it's like five, almost 5 point, is it over $5.3 billion? I mean, that's... That's that's crazy money right there. So that's uh, that's over five thousand million dollars. So if you had a million dollars, time that times that by five thousand, that's what they have to pay out. So the reason we're having this podcast and talking about it is, first of all, we do want to make known this is a long process. So it, the, they lost in front of a jury. So now this has to go to a judge who has to pass a verdict that is in the um, how do they put it in the flavor of what the jury has already decided. But then they're going to appeal it, obviously. And depending on how it goes, they can appeal all or part of it a couple of times, if not more. I'm not a judge or I'm not an attorney. And this is what's called a Sherman Antitrust Act lawsuit. So it's a little bit different than going to your local court. So from what we understand, we start to go through the appeals process. And then there's the executive, the executable part of that. So if you're going to make a company pay five point whatever billion dollars, the actual amount turns out to be. Mm-hmm. That takes work. You're going to have to have teams of people ensuring that the money is transferred properly, how it's transferred, tax implications. We're looking at years, probably. Mm-hmm. Not 10 years, in my opinion, but we're looking at at least a couple of years. But beyond, man, what's this going to mean for us as home inspectors? What do you think? Yeah, man, I don't know. I saw there was some chatter on the um, the Internachi, like boards about this. Guys are kind of spitballing what's going to happen. I, I think most are, well, well, let me back up a little bit quick and say that even asking realtors what's going to happen. seems like the chatter there is like, no biggie, we're going to fight this, blah, blah, blah. So, you know, I don't know, it's probably a form of denial, I guess. It's like, okay, you know, don't freak out yet. For home inspectors, I, I don't know. Obviously, if the buyer's agent role diminishes or disappears, that does impact home inspectors quite a bit potentially. But it may also create some new opportunities for home inspectors that haven't existed in the market yet. Yeah, I I agree. I think there's going to be opportunities and changes and we need to be ready for it. So I have a lot of real estate agent friends. Um, Actually, one of my friends ran one of the largest teams 
in um, all of New York State. And uh, he was he told me some of his numbers recently. I'm like, holy cow. Um, he's well known. And his opinion is the buyer agent's going away. And it's interesting. I was talking to other agents I know, and they were saying that what you just said, Beyond. Oh, no big deal. It's it's fine. Um, some of them didn't even know the case was happening because if you look at the, I'm going to call it propaganda from the real estate brokerages and stuff, the, the way they flavor it is like, oh yeah, they're saying this and this and this, but the actual facts are no, they're attacking the MLS. They're like, oh, they just want us to change our agreement is what they commonly say in most of what I've seen. Oh, they just want us to change our agreements. We already did that. So we'll be fine no matter what happens. But if you look at the lawsuit, they're attacking the MLS and they're trying to actually discontinue the buyer agent being paid from the commission, which effectively eliminates a buyer's agent. So it's more than that. Matter of fact, one of the agents I was talking to, she's one of the top agents in our in our area. She's usually in the top three. And uh, that's what she said. She's like, the information we're getting is very, very different. I'm like, yeah, it, it's a big deal if you don't have a buyer's commission. Yeah. Now, of course, I mean, it, so like, Traditionally, that was paid from the seller's agent, passed on, you know, passed on to the buyer's agent. So they get whatever. I think six percent is usually the, the the number, right? And then they would do a fifty fifty split, three percent, three percent, and and everybody goes their way. Now, if that is not happening anymore, I guess your buyer could opt to hire a, an agent if they really want one. But in the current market, they're going to see out say, okay, well, where's my three percent? And the buyer's going to go like, your what? <laughs> Because, I mean, for for buyers, like I think we mentioned this in our last episode, they're under pressure already. They they like paying through the roof to buy a house. So tacking on three percent to to have an agent service you, I mean, it's just it's just not going to happen, right? Mm-hmm. Here's where I think it's going to go. I think it's going to go to a fee paid fee paid buyer's agent, and it's not going to be an actual buyer's agent. I I think it's going to be. I think you used the term before we recorded here, uh, real estate Uber service. And there's other countries other regions that do this. The buyer's agent, you pay per house or per hour to let you into places and they're insured and bonded to just open a door and make sure you don't steal stuff. Mm -hmm. And they don't represent you or anything. And then once you go to buy the house, you turn everything over to the attorney and off you go. To be honest with you, the more I've thought about it since the last time we talked about this and since the court case actually finalized, the more I believe in the merit of that. Because now say I'm a buyer's uh, the new version of a buyer's agent, the buyer's agent Uber service, and you're buying a house beyond. I want to see these five houses. So you schedule all five, you pay me per house. I let you in for 15 minutes a pop and that's the time limit or otherwise there's so many dollars after that. And by the time you're done, you're like, okay, I want to buy this house. And I'm like, okay, or don't, you know, I, I, there's no skin off my nose. I have more appointments to go to and bring other people to. Right. I think that is the way it probably should be because the attorneys, so in New York state, attorneys do a lot of the heavy lifting for the buyer. They do a lot of the negotiatings. They do the actual contract. It's not a huge leap and other areas do it. Um, there's parts of Australia that I understand have not that exact mode, but something similar in other countries. Works great for them. They actually uh, make fun of the U.S. because they're like, so hang on. The person you're supposed to be protecting your client from is the person that's paying you? <laughs> that's ridiculous. Yeah. And and I think that's obviously dual agency is a thing in a lot of states that eliminates the buyer's agent effectively, where you can have the seller's agent represent both sides of the party. But I mean, both parties in the transaction. But yeah, again, how good is that for the consumer? Not not so much. But okay, we had kicked around a couple of things. So like for 
home inspectors. How is this potentially maybe good for home inspectors? Because it's almost like we're we're seeing a whole new role develop in the real estate market. So if you're a home inspector and you're you're really sharp, you're looking at the situation, how what do you think? How can we dig in? So first of all, it's going to change uh, who has initial point of contact for that client. So it's easy for us. And I, some home inspectors are going to say, it's not easy. It Listen, it's easy for us. We know that most of the real estate industry runs on the buyer's agent. We market as an industry, whether or not you agree with us or not, as a whole, home inspectors market to real estate agents. Direct to consumer has not been a great avenue for a lot of most companies. Some make it work, some don't. Um, so now it changes who has point of contact. So how I envision it looking is if you want to go see a house, you click on the house and you click on the open schedule and either you go to open houses, which I think are going to be more common now. I think there's people aren't going to want to pay $50 for 15 minutes for you to let them in. So they're probably going to have a lot more open houses and they're going to go to these things. So the initial point of contact is going to be a computer screen. It's not going to be, hey, let me talk to an agent. He's going to show me around. He's going to schmooze me. We're going to go out to lunch and talk about which house I like best. I'm going to be sitting at a computer screen going, click. I'd like to see the house at that point. So open houses are going to be a lot busier, but I also think there's going to be a lot of showing services popping up. And the showing services is going to be key. How do we get in front of buyers? There's not going to be one solid instant contact. So a couple of things I think are going to be important for us as an industry. All those guys out there that have the website that they built in 1998 and it's still up and they say, I work off of agent referrals and this is my life now, that's going to go away because you're not going to get referrals from from listing agents because that's already changing too. And there's also mandatory home inspection laws going into effect. Right. I saw that. Like where was it? Massachusetts? They got that draft right now that I saw. They got a draft. Rhode Island has some stuff stirring. Rumor, California has something stirring. That's a big one. And at least one province in California Canada, but there's other states that are pushing for this legislation as they're watching this court case unfold. So a lot of that's going to change. So it's going to come down to being part of the right services that advertise your home inspection services at initial point of contact. Mm -hmm. But I think it's finally going to come to a point where direct-to-consumer marketing is going to be important. Well, so right now it's it's important, but if you have great SEO, a great website, you know everything in line online, that's going to be critical for you. I think those guys are going to do really great because especially in the initial madness of it all falling apart, people are like, I still need a house. I need to find a home inspector. So they're going to go and ask family members, friends, and go look online like they do any other contractor now. Mm-hmm. So if you need a flooring guy, you do that. Ask friends, family, and then go online. Mm. So we are going to be searched for like every other contractor now, at least for a good portion of time. Hmm. Uh, services like, oh, don't everybody listening, please don't pitchfork me. I'm not recommending it necessarily, but Angie's List, Home Advisor, and with a big, big gulp in my throat. Yelp. Uh, (laughs) Oh, goodness. (laughs) Yeah, I know. It's like it made me sick. I had to hold it down. There's three guys that just created new threads on the forum when you said that. About Yelp, yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness, I hate Yelp. Yelp, if you're listening, I hate you. You can go ahead and sue me. I, I, I do not like you. But those kind of services are, I don't think those three companies, I'm just talking about those kind of connection services are going to be important as time goes on. In the initial year or two, it's going to be all websites, SEO, social media, that whole thing. So if you're not on that boat right now, you really need to get on that boat. 
Hmm. Really get those listings up. Really get your reviews good, looking good. Good SEO because that's going to be critical. Because it's all part of, in this case, brand recognition, right? So somebody lands on the web and they're looking for home in this neighborhood. You you want your stuff, your name being there, <laughs> sort of from from the point for the first point they're trying to search, so that by the time they get to the point where I need somebody, it's like well. This name's been popping up everywhere. Let's check them out kind of thing. Yeah. And there's going to be opportunities for that because I think places like Redfin and Zillow and all those are going to be where people go to now. Because hmm. if the MLS is severely restricted like they're planning on, it, it might just collapse. And then why wouldn't we just go to Zillow and Redfin anyways, even though they rely on the MLS? They don't in a, in a lot of areas. Like the MLS in my area actually banned hmm. Zillow or part of their usage. Okay. So it's not necessarily going to be the end of all multiple listing services. And that's really what yeah. a Zillow type company is. So having your ads up on places like that is going to be important. So we're going to see a lot of low ROI ads. So so ads that you can't measure. So you can measure, and that's something that we talk about a lot, but you're at face next to a house that somebody's listing saying, when you need a home inspector, call this guy. That might be the only time that they actually get to see you. And you're not going to be able to connect directly with them because they're still looking at a house. So you're not going to be able to say, I got 20 inspections last month because of my ad on Zillow. We're going to have to throw a lot of ads out there that we're not going to be able to measure the return on. Um, so that that's going to be critical. Marketing the past clients is also going to be very important. Gone are the days where you're going to have, um, you know, oh, okay, well, I worked for this family because this agent works for that family and then she always refers me. Mm. Now they're going to be like, who's that guy? Who is that home inspector we used? I don't know. Just go to the internet. Right. We want to be marketing to the past clients. So when their family needs a home inspector, oh yeah, he just emailed me. Mm. Send them the little calendar to stick on their fridge uh, with our name and company on it. Anything to stay in front of previous clients, because again, in my opinion, it's going to be internet and ref referrals from family and friends hmm. because there's no skin in the game for the buyer's agent at that point. They don't care who you hire. Hmm. Their, their commission is just on opening the door. Right, right. Yeah. So for a home inspector then, if um, I'm thinking like diversification, you know, because we're, we're always looking to how can we further diversify our business? And you mentioned this like showing service, this new thing that's coming up. Now, okay. Let's, let's preface this with guys, we're talking in the future here. We're like going, you know, like we said, this is going to take a while, but is is that a cool spot for a home inspector to like if these showing services start being a thing as a home inspector why one wouldn't that be an opportunity hey this is one part of my business i got the showing service you get your first foot in the door and if you need the home inspection, we do that too kind of deal. Yeah. Okay. So everybody write this down. Beyond's talking about my big idea and I thought he didn't want me to mention it, but <laughs> here's my big idea. So write this down. I'm going to give this to you for free. So if somebody's going to pay a buyer, buyer's agent to go and just open doors, why can't we in areas where we have super key access and all that stuff, and that's not hard to get, by the way. If if your organization, your local real estate association won't let you have it, uh, actually contact Nick Romico. He already said, we're bonded if we're international members. And he can, he can say, hey, listen, they're bonded. You need to push this through. But anyways, if we start showing services, we get to be first point of contact. So hear me out. My wild, crazy idea. We as a home inspection industry, and I would love to see Nashi do this because they have the infrastructure for it already, or IREP, Nick Romico's thing with um, that other association he started for real estate agents. Mm -hmm. Somebody pays us $50 for 15 minutes. We open the house and show them in. Maybe we point out a couple things. Hey, that, that light switch is broken. Hey, look at that foundation wall is bowed. Wow, thank you. We may just have a listing service that just makes appointments for us and we show up. Now, as that expands, 
we can we don't have to be there as the inspector. We can send our employee with our company's shirt, hands them a business card. When you need a home inspection, let us know. Now, who are they hiring? Some random home inspector they found on the internet or the company that has showed them 30 houses, Mm -hmm. maybe even pointed out a thing or two that might have been wrong with a couple of them and saved them some money. Mm -hmm. Oh my goodness. That sounds amazing. We would be first point of contact. We would take the place of the agent. So my idea is if this goes the way that it seems like it's going, we start a showing service as home inspectors. We're insured. We're bonded, and in most states and provinces, we're licensed. Mm-hmm. We have more than any buyer's agent, and I think most buyer's agents for a while will hang out and say, oh, well, you know, I'll take a couple of dollars here or there, and then they realize as their car's burned out that they, they're just going to get a different career. Mm-hmm. When we as home inspectors have the advantage, because mm-hmm. now we don't need contract negotiation stuff or any of that. Our job is literally to unlock a door, and it's not a conflict of interest. We're not doing anything except letting people in. Right. Oh, my goodness. So I, I think personally... If we can make that happen, that would be glorious. I would love to see Nick do that. I, I think Nick would do a fantastic job. But that was my that was my grand idea. My daughter said um, earlier today, just joking around, she cracks me up. She goes, sometimes my brain gives me good ideas. <laughs> and then after she said that, that popped into my head. I'm like, my brain gave me a good idea. <laughs> because picture that. Be on, you're a consumer. You type in, oh man, I want to see this house. The showing service that's on there is all home inspectors. Go click. The home inspector shows you that house. Now he's now the home inspector can say, when you need to see the next house, request me. Yep. Instead of another home inspector. Oh, okay, cool. I'll make time for you. Yep. We'll we'll make it happen. Now you're making money to advertise. So you pay you pay your nephew Joe $20 an hour to drive to houses. You don't care about making money. After insurance and all that stuff, he's $30 an hour. Maybe you make $80 a day for him showing houses after all your insurance and stuff. Who cares? Mm-hmm. Joey made you $80 to advertise to every buyer in the neighborhood. Right. So it doesn't matter how much you make. And because you're the first point of contact. So usually like with a buyer's agent, it would be, uh, okay, I'm showing all the houses. I'm working really hard. Okay, you want you want this house? All right, let's get the paperwork started, blah, blah, blah. And then, you know, they're all connected now with, you know, their mortgage, com- you know, companies that they advise and, and the insurers and the attorneys and whatever else you need to be able to close that deal. But guess who gets to be that now? <laughs> so, so isn't there potential there to, you could work out referral, you know, arrangements to uh, closing attorneys and, um, you know, whoever else you need to be able to, not that you are doing that deal, but you're handing it off. You're referring saying, hey, here you go. Take care of this guy. They want this house. There is potential for that, but I also think there's potential for problems with that. Personally, I would actually stray away from that. If you wanted to turn it into a referral referral service, agents get kickbacks. Most state laws, you can't get kickbacks as a home inspector. But this is a different service. Maybe if you maybe if you, maybe if you started a secondary service with a and you did it under another company name, I don't know. There's a lot of details in it that I don't know yet. But ultimately, there's opportunity. That's the bottom line. There's opportunity. I don't know of any law in any state that would prohibit that. If somebody said, Ian. Can you go let me into this house? If I have permission to let them into that house, I did not perform an inspection. I'm not working under my license. All I did was open the door. We could do it now if we wanted. So all I'm saying is prepare now. If it's this idea or another, the ones that prepare now are going to own the market. But I do have a worry about the market. If we don't do it, like Nashi or something like that, companies like 
Inspectify, I know you're listening. We can we can see <laughs> metrics on who's listening to our podcast. Not specifically, but there's a little bit of a dense circle right around your headquarters there of <laughs> of uh, of listeners. Hello to all our competitors listening to us. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> you know, Inspectify is going to capitalize on that. Yeah. Uh, and companies like them. Yeah. And so the home inspectors will will make less money. We're going to make the 200 and some odd dollars on a home full home inspection mm-hmm. and the consumers aren't going to know any better. So we don't want to commoditize our industry. We want to own it. We want to be there for the clients. We want to be the first point of contact, not some other service. So if, if we could make that happen, mm-hmm. my goodness, yeah, that would be, that would be, forgive my term, that would be sexy. That would be awesome. Talking about um, Inspectify, I think a few things we mustn't forget, like two things that come to mind. Their business model is based on entering the market through ML, local MLSs. Oh, didn't they buy that one? Weren't they the ones? I don't know if they bought it, but they 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 have a partnership with it. Yeah, there's like close association with MLSs. So I mean, they're kind of they got a foot in a potentially sinking ship there, you know, which makes uncertainty. Now it doesn't mean that they bound to that; they can pivot. But the other thing I think about their business model if if you take a look at at reviews of Inspectify. For the end consumer, the buyers, they give bad reviews because they don't have a good experience. And, and I mean, that is where home inspectors can really make a big difference because home inspectors are trained from day one, you start your training, marketing, customer service, it's, it's all part of it, right? And you only succeed in the home inspection business if you get that down. So, you know, by applying all of that to a, to a new opportunity like this, I'm excited to see what the guys are all going to come up with. And maybe you have some like tweaks of this idea. Maybe you don't want to share, share your idea because you want to capitalize on it. But like, <laughs> like I, bust, I bust Ian's idea out in front of everybody. But I think it's a good idea to start thinking about it, right? Because now is the time to start planning for something like that, potentially. So if we're a home inspector, we should plan with number one. Um, it never, it hurts. It doesn't hurt in this market. It will benefit us now to get our online presence upgraded kicking really hard uh, because whether this goes down or not that's still going to help us so it's not like you lose anything if it doesn't go down but if it goes down you're going to be glad you have it and it takes months and years to build up so start now the other thing is prepare with ideas how can we adjust to the changing market to be honest with you the more i think about my idea the more i think that is that is gold on a stick um, i'm loving it um, and don't freak out this is this is going to be what a lot of home inspectors have wanted for many years. As a, a home inspector, that's a client of ours. We do his website and all this other stuff, and he um, he's always talking about how he hates marketing to agents, like a lot of home inspectors do. And he's like, "There has to be some way." And he, he emails me all the time. There has to be some way. And I'm like, "Hey, man, we just got to wait for the opportunity. This is it. You want to talk about an opportunity? This is it. Now we can bypass everybody and we be the point of contact." So prepare now. Online presence, get your ideas together, adjust our business. This is the time to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No, great ideas. Now, I, you mentioned open houses. So I just got one one thing I thought of with open houses. Um, could it be that seller's agents start doing open houses and that becomes kind of a, like you said, a really big thing. Where, where does that leave us? Well, that's what, that's who do open houses now are seller's agents. Oh, oh, it is. Okay. Yeah. So if they want to have their listing, there will be a measure, I think of 
seller's agents trying to fill that gap because they're not going to be happy about this. Right. And there's going to be a lot of fighting to get the last vestiges of what's left, and that's going to be listings. Hmm. So there are a lot of agents, a lot more agents than there and brokers than there are home inspectors. If this actually happens, if it happens, you will eradicate uh, at least two-thirds of the industry or more. Mm-hmm. So seller's agents are going to be desperate to try to fill those voids. Mm-hmm. So I think they're going to try to take on the role of, oh, yeah, let me help you along here. I can let you into the house. My assistant will let you into the house. We can't avoid that. And they'll still pass out some business cards. But with the changing laws, Hmm. I mean, there's some areas where there's in some cities where there's half a dozen lawsuits going on right now of uh, people against agents for encouraging their clients to skip the home inspection. Mm. There's there's lawsuits going on all across the, the U.S. I don't know about Canada, but all across the U.S. So the seller's agents are going to be nervous about doing that, the good ones that are left. Mm-hmm. So I think that's, that'll be a measure of that. But ultimately, they're going to pull back and say, okay, I'm one of the last agents that are left. I have my listings. Mm. I'm really not going to risk this. And that's, that's going to be our opportunity. And the chaos will thrive. Yeah, it, it's actually, it is brilliant because one of the arguments that home inspectors always use is like, you can't, you can't replace the home inspector. You know, you can't, you can't digitize the, the home inspection process. There's some platforms that are trying, but it's almost laughable. And and when it comes to a buyer, no matter how good the virtual tour is, no matter how good the pictures are, if you're buying a house, you want to put boots in the ground, you want to be there and take a look at it. So those two steps will still have to happen. And and yeah, home inspectors stand to, to gain from it. So Ultimately, I guess where we can end with it is we don't know what the future holds exactly, but the future of home inspectors, if we are open to opportunities that it presents, our our future looks pretty secure. Yep. So I'm giving it a year or two, up to five. Okay. I don't think it'll take that long. I think it'll probably take another six to eight months to go through the appeals and stuff like that. Guessing. I'm not a law expert, so I'm just guessing, especially how fast this one went down. It went down quick. And then um, the repercussions after that, I'm thinking two years Mm. and it'll all start going down. I do think this will also uh, reduce the cost of homes finally, Mm. because part of the lawsuit was price fixing, which let's be honest, if you have two people there saying, hey, if the house costs more, we make more because we make a percentage. Yeah, that's basically the definition of antitrust. Right. So price fix or price fixing rather and antitrust. Mm -hmm. So I think it will bring down the prices of houses. Mm, yeah. And that will ultimately help us as home inspectors. Yeah. There'll be more inventory. It's exciting. I mean, nothing's changed for so many years and here's a big change coming. And yep. I, I'm sure it won't be a case of us, you know, one of these days uh, in the future being like, hey, Ian, remember back in the year 2023, we had this podcast. We said this was going to happen. <laughs> but uh, Is that your old man voice? <laughs> I, what was that? <laughs> I was trying to imitate uh, your old man. No, no. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, I, I, it's not going to take that long. But it will be interesting to revisit this episode and see how it panned out. Yeah. But um, stay stay tuned because there's some some stuff happening here that nobody saw. So, well, they, maybe some saw it coming, but most were kind of in denial. So, it's it's interesting to see it happen. Hey, man, I was drinking the Kool-Aid too. Everybody was like, nah, you can't take down NAR. And I'm looking at the info and I'm like, yeah, it's kind of pretty hard to take down NAR. I can't see this happening. And all of a sudden they're like, yeah, NAR's done. I'm like, whoa, whoa, that's nuts. <laughs> yeah, it's, it is really interesting. What well, was interesting too, to see that yeah, right when it was announced, even Zillow's stock price took a mega hit, right? Um, I mean, I, 
I think they'll they'll probably come out okay in the end, but yeah, um, there's a lot of uncertainty as to how it's all going to play out. Well, Bian, as always, thank you for, very much for being on, and we'll be watching this closely. Thank you. Yeah, sounds good. Thanks, Ian. Take care, man. On behalf of myself, Ian, and the entire ITB team, thank you for listening to this episode. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button so you can catch our future episodes as well. And if you have any feedback, please send us an email at info at inspectortoolbelt.com. Also, don't forget to check out our brand new app for home inspectors, scheduling and report writing all in one easy to use app. Check it out now at inspectortoolbelt.com. The views and opinions of this podcast and its guests do not necessarily reflect the opinions of Inspector Toolbelt and its associates.